Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Hello, beloved family. <clears throat> How are you? I pray that you're well. Um, I'm all disheveled over here. I can't, got back just in time. Yesterday, I apologized for um, Station of the Cross needing to run a rerun. Um, I'm not used to the new time yet, so um, we've been all over the place. I'm so sorry, but I'm thrilled to be here, and I'm thrilled for the 2 p.m. Eastern hour. And I'm thrilled to be with you, and I'm thrilled for us all to be together in this tremendously evil, dark uh, world, um, within the church and without it. <clears throat> but we have bright lights in this world, and one of those bright lights, as most of you know, is Bishop Joseph Strickland of Tyler, Texas, my bishop. He's mine. <laughs> and he is the one who recently received um, my final vows and will receive the temporary vows this Friday of one of our sisters. Um, and he has issued a pastoral letter to um, um, uh, further his teaching in the last pastoral letter in which he made seven points for us to be aware of concerning the Synod on Synodality and the attempt of Pope Francis at all to, um, to change the faith. Um, and I add, to destroy the church. Um, and so, blessed be God, we had this past weekend, and many of you were there, I'm so thrilled, we had the um, Defending Our Faith Conference on Friday night and all day Saturday, and the bishop gave a, a couple of beautiful talks and um, the final mass on Saturday night. Um, and we had five speakers there. Uh, I was one, and um, Dr. Janet Smith, who I absolutely love, she and I had a reunion there. And um, a Dr. Hoar, H-O-A-R, and how can I forget anybody um, at the moment... Oh, and Father Paul Weingartner, how could I forget him? So um, it was a, a beautiful, beautiful conference put together very, very quickly by those in the Diocese of Tyler who truly love our bishop and want him to stay. We all do, of course. And so in a new encyclical, rather, letter, um, Bishop Strickland uh, wrote um, yesterday he says, my dear sons and daughters in Christ, <clears throat> I write to you today to discuss more fully the first basic truth that I spoke of in my first pastoral letter titled, Christ Established One Church, the Catholic Church, and therefore only the Catholic Church provides the fullness of Christ's truth and the authentic path to his salvation for all of us. <clears throat> To begin with, Bishop Strickland says, I must state clearly and emphatically this fundamental truth. Jesus Christ 
is the only path to everlasting life. No other path to salvation can be found. As our Lord himself tells us, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In order that we might participate in that promise of everlasting life, Bishop Strickland says, our Lord in his great mercy established the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. As we read in the Gospel of Matthew, Christ said, And so I say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Matthew chapter 16. The foundation and divine head of the church is Jesus Christ. However, this passage makes it clear that Jesus is promising to establish a visible church upon the earth with a visible head, Peter, to whom he will entrust a unique mission and a special authority. The Catholic Church, Bishop Strickland writes, is the body of Christ and he is inseparable from his body. The church's understanding of Christ's words in Matthew has deepened throughout the ages, but in accordance with sacred tradition handed down from Christ to the apostles, and then preserved and protected by the church fathers and saints and martyrs until today. It has always been understood and proclaimed that the Catholic Church is the single divinely instituted church that Christ established for the salvation of souls. All that the church is, as the mystical body of Christ, flows from the truth that it was and is divinely constituted by Christ and her basic elements, which include the sacred deposit of faith, cannot be altered by men because it does not belong to men. The church belongs to Christ. St. Cyril of Jerusalem stated in A.D. 350, the church is called Catholic then because it extends over all the world. Catholic means universal. It extends over all the world from one end of the earth to the other and because it teaches universally and completely the doctrines that ought to come to men's knowledge. (coughs) Excuse me concerning things both visible and invisible, heavenly and earthly, and because it brings into subjection to godlessness the whole race of mankind, it governs and governed, learned and because it universally treats and heals the whole class of sins that are committed by soul or body and possesses in itself every form of virtue that is named both in deeds and words and in every spiritual gift. End quote from St. Cyril in the 4th century. Christ therefore established his church for all people, for all time, for the salvation of all. There is no salvation apart from Christ and his one holy Catholic and apostolic church. This is an infallible teaching of the church 
And dear ones, why is Bishop Strickland stressing this over and over and over again? <clears throat> because our Holy Father is teaching that um, God willed many religions and anybody can come uh, to be saved. You don't need to be Catholic. That's total heresy. Bishop Strickland says, however, as the Catechism of the Catholic Church states, quote, this affirmation is not aimed at those who, through no fault of their own, do not know Christ and his church. Now, um, those outside the Catholic Church, many of them, Muslims, Hindus, atheists, it's not their fault that they don't know Christ and his church, but it is a grave, grave fault and sin of our Holy Father, Pope Benedict, to not preach the way of salvation and to say just you need fellowship. That's diabolical. <clears throat> As Catholics, we are lovingly and joyfully bound to the church and to the seven sacraments instituted by Christ. These are essential for our salvation. Some may ask, however, what about those outside the church? What about those who have never heard of Christ? Can they be saved? <clears throat> and Bishop Strickland responds with the church's teaching, for those who are not united to Christ through his church and through the grace of the sacraments, we simply pray for them and entrust them to God. And again, if it's through no fault of their own, but they live up to the grace of God, they have been given, not they will be saved, but they can be saved. And beloved, that's true of every Catholic. If we, who have more than anyone on the face of the earth this side of heaven, if we live up to the grace of God, we've been living, we can be saved. <clears throat> We're not saved because we have a title of Catholic. Bishop Strickland says, although we must never be presumptuous of God's grace, we recognize that God is sovereign. <clears throat> and if in his mercy he would choose to operate in ways beyond our knowledge or understanding, he has full authority to operate however he chooses because he is not bound by anything other than his own perfect nature. This reminds me of St. Augustine's statement, we are bound by the sacraments, God is not. We ourselves, Bishop Strickland says, we ourselves must cling tightly to the church and the sacraments as he gave them to us. But he must also, but we must also pray always for souls outside the church, that God offers his grace to those souls in ways unknown and unseen to us. However, Bishop Strickland says, I want to emphasize this point. If God would choose to offer grace beyond the normal sacramental means, we recognize that this grace would always still flow to every soul from Christ and through his church in a mystical way. Therefore, anyone receiving and accepting God's grace would never be saved through any other path or church or religion. There is one Savior, one Redeemer for all mankind, and he established one church for the salvation of souls. There's the music for our first break, beloved. We'll be right back after the break and take your calls and texts. Not your texts, I think, but your calls and email following the second break. We'll be right back. 
Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. Many of you are familiar with Mother Miriam Live, but I wonder if you have listened to some of the other programs from the Station of the Cross, such as The Catholic Current. Father Robert McTagg discusses important topics in the church and in the world each weekday at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can listen anytime to The Catholic Current as a podcast on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. It is a scientific fact that life begins at fertilization. Every human being is a human person. It already says in the 14th Amendment of our U.S. Constitution that all persons are to have equal protection under the laws. Yet we have an ongoing mass murder of our little pre-born brothers and sisters under the big lie of abortion. The Supreme Court must explicitly affirm federal protection for our last excluded class and end this constitutional crisis. Use your voice and sign the petition now at thestationofthecross.com. I'm Jim Havens, host of The Simple Truth, heard weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network. God so loved the world that he didn't create this committee to sit around in a circle and solicit people's opinions and decide which best course of action to take. No, he so loved the world that he sent his son, the truth. He's the answer. So our faith in Christ gives us the unshaken way to stay Catholic. That's The Simple Truth, weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. You can listen to any of our network-produced programs at your convenience, wherever you enjoy podcasts. Hear a powerful sermon you need to share with a loved one? Maybe there's a guest or teaching segment that deserves another listen. You can find all of our shows on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, our website, and the free iCatholic Radio app. Be uplifted in your faith. Listen today at thestationofthecross.com or on your favorite podcasting platform. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I am she, and we are live, and I'm thrilled to be with you. And we're just midway through the new letter that the dear Bishop Joseph Strickland sent to his diocese yesterday. And he made, in his first letter, he made seven points of solid Catholic teaching, infallible Catholic teaching, that the Synod on Synodality uh, threatens to erase or confuse. And so Bishop Strickland has now written a second letter to take up the first point of Bishop Strickland's letter, um, which is the fact that there is only one church, there's only one way of salvation, no other, absolutely no other. He writes, God desires the salvation of all, <clears throat> but he does not force salvation upon any of us. It requires our cooperation and free assent to his grace. He calls each one of us to participate in his plan of salvation, not only for ourselves, but for the world. This is the Great Commission. Quote from Matthew 28, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. <clears throat> and behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. End quote. 
We live, Bishop Strickland says, we live in an age of great interconnectedness where people across the globe can share and learn with each other as never before in human history. This is a great blessing in many respects as it opens the possibility of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ in ways not before possible. True ecumenism, however, is an open invitation to all people to experience and embrace the fullness of Christ and the Christian life, which can be found only in the Catholic Church. This path, though, although difficult at times, is the only sure path to true everlasting love, grace, and life with God. It is false charity to tell people that regardless of what path they are on, it is God's will that they stay where they are because this does not call on people to embrace the one true path instituted by Christ for the salvation of souls. And I want to add, it does not call on them for repentance. To repent means to make an about face. Therefore, the church has a sacred obligation, born of love, to evangelize all people. Another topic that I want to discuss, Bishop Strickland says, because it will reportedly be a topic of discussion at the upcoming Synod on Synodality, is the divinely instituted structure of the church as it applies to ordination of women. As sacred scripture tells us, Christ ordained only men as apostles. Sacred tradition and the ordinary magisterium of the church have affirmed throughout the ages that the church has no authority whatsoever to ordain women to the priesthood. This cannot be changed because Christ instituted a male priesthood in order to image himself as the bridegroom with the church as his bride. As St. Paul, uh, John Paul II solemnly stated in his apostolic letter, Ordinatio um, Sacerdotum, Sacerdotalis, he says, I declare that the church has no authority whatsoever to confirm priestly ordination on women and that this judgment is to be definitively held by all the church's faithful. It is imperative, Bishop Strickland says, it is imperative to state, although not, uh, it is is imperative to state, though, um, that Christ would never want a lesser role for women than he wants for men. Women have made and continue to make an indispensable, indispensable contributions in the history and life of the church from the greatest and most perfect of God's creation in all history, our Blessed Mother, the Queen of Heaven and Earth, to some of the greatest saints and doctors of the church, to our holy and faithful women in religious orders and convents, to the countless women who have and continue to impart the faith to their families and communities. Christ instituted his church in a way that calls for women to have more of a role in him that could ever be found in the world. However, as God did not call men to be mothers, God did not call women to be fathers and to be sacramentally ordained as a minister for Christ in his church. Our Lord calls men to be spiritual fathers and bridegrooms to his bride, the church. This role can only be filled by one properly ordered to this role. 
For those who would inquire about the potential for female deacons in the Catholic Church, I would offer this scripture. Um, I would offer this. Scripture tells us that from the earliest days of the church, women served as faithful servants, uh, diaconess in the Greek, of the members of the church, Romans chapter 16. Historians and scholars tell us that women served in many important roles in service in the early church, including acts of charity for the poor, caring for the sick, preparing other women for baptism, etc. However, we see in the Acts of the Apostles that there is another type of servant, diakonos, called specifically by the apostles and set apart from other servants in the church. The apostles laid hands on these particular servants, and these servants then received a sacramental ordination to fulfill their unique role. <laughs> Scripture tells us that the apostles said, quote, brothers, so brothers, select from among you seven reputable men filled with the spirit and wisdom who we appoint to this task, Acts chapter 6. And then, quote, they presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid hands on them. Although many, both men and women, have faithfully served the church as servants, diaconos, throughout history, the sacramental ordination to the diaconate is one of the three degrees of the sacrament of holy orders, deacon, priest, and bishop. It has always been reserved for baptized males alone. All three decrees act as instruments of Christ in persona Christi, um, persona Christi cap- capitis, that means in the person of Christ as the head, but with distinct functions for each office because sacramentally ordained deacons share in the apostolic ministry with priests and bishops, the church has decreed that they must be men as were the apostles Jesus chose. The canons of the Council of Nicaea in AD 325 state in reference to women who have been granted a certain status of service, quote, we referred to diaconesses, a deaconess, rather. We refer to deaconesses who have been granted this status, for they do not receive any imposition of hands, so that they are in all respects to be numbered among the laity. <clears throat> in conclusion, I'll tell you of my 18 years in evangelical Protestantism trying to save Catholics, I was a deaconess for a very large evangelical church. No one laid hands on me. I was not allowed to touch the ministry that males have. I, I prepared um, the wine and the, and the bread for their monthly communion, uh, which of course remain wine and bread. I taught women. I, I helped them. I counseled. I helped families. I did what women do. In conclusion, Bishop, uh, Bishop Strickland says, I want to state that although the church is holy because of her founder and her divine origin, She is also made up of sinful members who are called constantly to repentance and conversion. However, there is a church triumphant in heaven that exists perfectly in her fullness in Christ in heaven, where the heavenly marriage feast is eternally celebrated with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who are eternally worshipped and adored, the choirs of angels, the Immaculate Virgin Mary, 
and all the saints cry eternally, Holy, 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 before the throne of God. (coughs) It is important that we, as the church militant on earth, carry this truth and hope in our hearts as we strive to align ourselves and every aspect of the church on this earth with her heavenly um, <clears throat> with her heavenly reality. Because of sin, both personal and communal, the church militant on earth falls short of the church triumphant in heaven. But it is our mission to strive always for holiness and by the grace of God to persevere until the end so that we might also join with the church triumphant. Part of this striving on earth consists in engaging in the spiritual battle that is taking place around us daily as many attempt to chip away or destroy altogether the deposit of faith. My dear sons and daughters, Bishop Strickland concludes, be assured that the angels surround us in this battle and saints, especially our holy and blessed mother, after their heavenly assist, offer their heavenly assistance as we seek the eternal prize our Lord has won for us, remaining your humble father and servant, Most Reverend Joseph E. Strickland, Bishop of Tyler, Texas. Bishops, if you're listening, if you have read Bishop Strickland's two letters thus far, and I think he has at least six to go, um, I'm just assuming he's going to write one letter for each point. He may not. I, I pray that you would take this on as an example of a true shepherd for your flock. Don't let them be eaten by the wolves in this synod. Don't let them be confused because the Holy Father says thus and thus. Protect your sheep. Lead them into all truth. Be the instrument through which God will lead his church into the fullness of truth till the end of time. Okay, our break, for this, our second break is coming up in just a moment, beloved, and I invite you to call in with anything whatsoever on your heart, anonymously or with your name, toll-free, um, and the toll-free number one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, and or email at mother at the station of the cross dot Um, And again, your questions could be, they don't have to be our subject. They could be anything that's on your mind. And you may not be Catholic. You may be Jewish. You may be Protestant. You may be Muslim or atheist or universalist or whatever. I, I welcome your call. Do I have answers for everybody? No, I don't. I wish I did. But no, I don't. But we have resources. And we can refer you. So I truly look forward to hearing from you call in again with anything on your heart um, toll free one 511 or email at mother at the station of cross.com we'll be right back
fathers of the church, along with the doctors like St. Thomas, go so far to say that even all the instruments of the passion, the cross, the pillar, the lance, the garments, were preserved in heaven and shown on the last day. These man-made things are in heaven and are being saved as trophies because the blood of Christ has empurpled and dyed them. Do we want our thoughts, our words, our actions to count in heaven? They need to be dyed with His precious blood, united to His blood formed from the pure blood of Mary, immaculate on the day of the Annunciation and perfected on Calvary. We can do this at every Mass, as well as in praying the Holy Rosary and through total consecration of Jesus living in Mary. That's Sermons for Everyday Living from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. We hear all the time from listeners who discovered the station by seeing a Tri-God bumper magnet in traffic. You can request a free bumper magnet and start evangelizing just by driving around town. Go to thestationofthecross.com and click on Promotional Material under the About tab. There, you can request a magnet for your listening area. We even have one for the iCatholic Radio mobile app. Request yours today. This is Jesuit Father Robert McTague, your daily host of The Catholic Current. Join me on Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern to welcome back investigative journalist James Corbett. We'll be talking about the weaponization of psychology. How can the social sciences be used against faith, freedom, and human dignity? Find out on The Catholic Current on Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern, coming to you from the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio mobile app. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live. This is our half hour all to ourselves. And I look forward to your calls, your emails, again, with anything whatsoever on your heart. It doesn't have to be our subject. The heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. So once more, toll-free number 1-877-511-5483. <clears throat> or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. Whoops. Are we good? Okay, good. I don't know what's happening here. Um, we have a comment from Sheila on pet Facebook, and Sheila says, hold on now, please pray for Josh and Jared, who have turned their back on the Catholic faith and stopped going to church, which just breaks my heart. We feel we were good examples and even sent them to Catholic school for their whole life. They just shut me down when I tried to talk to them. Any advice? Well, I'll just take a guess that Josh and Jared are your sons. Sheila, it's very hard for me to, to, to be able to analyze, so to speak, this, because um, if you sent them to Catholic school for their whole life, at the moment, I have no way of knowing if it was Catholic, what they learned, and how the faith was lived at home. Um, 
you may have been a good example and sent him to Catholic school, but parents are called, as you know, to do much more, to really live the faith, to teach them the faith. I don't know if you did that. Perhaps you did. But if they've shut you down when you try to talk to them, the only advice I would have is to respect them and don't rail against them. I did this, I did that. It's not about you. It's about their salvation. So sit down with them respectfully, have them over to dinner, whatever it is, and say, okay, from my perspective, you were raised in a Catholic home, sent to Catholic school, but that doesn't mean that you believed and, and embraced the faith the way our hearts wanted you to. Could you square with us? Could you let us know what growing up was like for you, what church was like for you, what your Catholic school was like for you? Was there a time that you, you really did believe? Let them respect them. Let them uh, not defend themselves, not have to um, come up against a wall in speaking with you, but let them give them the room and the respect for them to open up, for them to say, you know, Mom, I hated going to church. I always hated this. I never believed that. And, and, and don't say to them why, because faith is a gift. But if they know you respect them and you treat them with dignity, um, they may be interested in your giving them a book to read or further discussions on, uh, even though they didn't believe it and still don't, um, it is the ark of salvation. And you can, you can, you know, you could give them the illustration of buildings burning down and um, they're going to die and someone runs in there and says there's one door, there's a way out and, and people don't believe you, but it's the only way out. And you, you can't, they're not going to believe you, but what do you do? You want to you want to do what you can, even if you have to knock them out and take them out of the building so they don't burn. And you could say to your sons, that's how I feel. That's how we feel about you, but we were not going to knock you over the head. Um, see if you could begin to have dialogue with them. See if they do believe something. Um, and then um, there's truth all over the place, all over the place, not just in the Catholic faith. The Catholic faith is the only means of salvation, but there's truth in every other religion. So what they say, if they say, well, we believe this or that, try to find what is true in what they say and say, you know, the Catholic Church believes that because of this or it believes further this. Try to have a respectful dialogue with them. We have a um, comment, an anonymous comment on YouTube uh, from someone who says, Mother, I no longer pray for our Holy Father's intentions but rather that he seeks the most holy will of God. Is this wrong? Well, I would say it's wrong. The fact that you pray that he seeks the most holy will of God is, is a very good prayer. You're, you are praying for him. Um, but don't fear to pray for his intentions. We should be doing that. And the reason, and we do it here at the Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope, we pray for his intentions several times a day. Because God is the only one who answers prayer. And if the Pope's intentions are wrong, then what we're asking God is to not answer them. If we pray for the Holy Father's intentions, Lord, whatever he says you, if it's evil, thwart it, don't answer it. Or if he says something good, answer it. Or if you could, you know, um, 
move it to your will, something like that. But we don't have to worry about the Holy Father's prayers because we have a God in heaven who knows and answers and does all things perfectly. We have an email from Francesco who says, Dear Mother Miriam, I have the following situation. After opening my eyes to the greatest treasure, the traditional Latin Mass, and realizing how important it is that we search for it, I have come across the almost abysmal difference between the traditional and non-traditional formation of Catholic priests. So have I, Francisco. It's not just the Mass, it's the formation of the priests. He says, in searching for the Holy Mass of the Ages, I got to know a wonderful conservative diocesan priest formed in the Novus Ordo, a holy man who has been learning the traditional liturgy for years. This priest celebrates the traditional Holy Mass in the catacombs without the local bishop's permission. From what I know, this priest was giving great traditional catechesis in his parish where numerous fruits were flourishing, people coming back to the faith, receiving the sacraments, greater reverence to the real presence of our Lord Jesus Christ in the Holy Eucharist, lots of confessions and children who were well prepared for their first communion. However, it seems like some parishioners complained to the local bishop. From what I heard, some people in that neighborhood practiced esoteric, occult, or New Age beliefs and wanted to accuse this traditional priest of several false accusations, none of which could be proven. Nevertheless, this priest received the order to present himself for psychological and psychiatric evaluation and treatment from his bishop without any particular reason, to which this priest refused several times and consequently got suspended for not following disciplinary orders and denied him the celebration of the sacraments in parishes. This is completely evil. This is completely evil. Um, Oh, dear. Um, The bishop is out of his power and out of the faith. Um, and this, um, uh, let me just see one moment here. Um, Francisco writes, however, the bishop expressed to him that he can return to his diocesan faculties if he complies with the orders given to him. He considers it unfair and does not agree to follow. It's not just unfair, it's disgraceful. These are people who are new age and all of that, complaining about a bishop who's Catholic, a priest who's Catholic. He doesn't have to be particularly traditional, he's just Catholic. And because he's Catholic, the bishop wants to get these psychological evaluations. It's not unfair. It is, um, uh, I want to say diabolical. This is the story that I know from the priest's side but I do not have access to the suspension letter from the bishop or other sources that could give a more complete insight on this priest's unfortunate suspension situation. On the other hand, this priest has been a true blessing for me and my family because we have found in him a spiritual direction 
as he understands well the terrible crisis in the Catholic Church that we are living in. In which cases can the laity justify the frequent attendance of the traditional Latin Holy Mass and regular reception of the sacrament of penance, which requires jurisdiction from a suspendus priest? Mm. I'll reread that. In which cases can the laity justify the frequent attendance of the traditional Latin Holy Mass and regular reception of the sacrament of penance, which requires jurisdiction from a suspended priest? Before I read the rest of your email, I'm going to go ahead and say absolutely yes. And I'm going to recommend a book to you. It's actually a a thick pamphlet, and it's called True Obedience, written by Dr. Peter Kwasniewski um, on what is true and false obedience. That priest was simply asked to get psychological and psychiatric evaluations from his bishop with no reason whatsoever. Um, The bishop has acted improperly, and the priest does not have to obey that. So I would say yes. I'm not creating canon law, but from that book, True Obedience, I believe the answer is yes, because suspended priests, they're still priests, and if they're suspended on false or errant charges, it's invalid. Their suspension is invalid, and they should continue being a priest. Um, Francisco says, is there any canon law that justifies or protects the laity from receiving the sacraments in such conditions which do not imply a life or death situation or grave physical danger, but under the overwhelming modernist thinking and behavior which unfortunately prevails in our time? Would the reception of the sacraments be valid, in particular the sacrament of reconciliation? Thank you very much and may God bless you always. I'm going to um, say, let me see if I could find it, uh, True Obedience by P- Dr. Peter uh, Kwasniewski. Here it is. True Obedience in the Church, a guide to discernment in challenging times. I'll repeat it. True Obedience in the Church, a guide to discernment in challenging times by Dr. Peter Kwasniewski and uh, published by Sophia Press. You can get it in Sophia, on Amazon, um, many places. Look it up on the web. And Dr. Kwasniewski has quoted canon law and scripture, and that's your book. Um, and I, I, I couldn't recommend it more, including recommending it to priests that are threatened by bishops who are not living their vocation, but exercising a power that it does not belong to the priesthood and that uh, priest uh, or the bishopric, that priests do not need to obey. So I'm not a, a rebellious. I'm speaking about what the church allows. And I would say read, um, maybe I gave a talk at the last Defending Our Faith conference. Uh, maybe because I kind of, truncated that book. I, I took excerpts from it and put it into an hour talk. Maybe I'll, um, in the next two programs, take half of the talk for each program and, and give you all the highlights of that. 
It's, um, you can't find a better source. It's excellent. Francesco, I hope you can get that book. And in any case, perhaps I'll begin to give you the excerpts, the highlights of it um, uh, uh, later this week. Okay. Um, We'll be right back. There's the music for our second break, or our third break. We have one more segment and 10 minutes uh, once we come back. Our lines are wide open. You're absolutely welcome to call in. We have Jeff on the line. Hold on, Jeff. And we'll be right back with you um, right after the break. God bless you. Join us in a prayer to our guardian angel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. O holy guardian angel, take care of our soul and body. Enlighten our mind that we may know the Lord better and love him with all our heart. Help us in our prayers so that we may not give in to distractions. Assist us with your advice so that we may see the good and carry it out with generosity. Defend us from the insidious snares of the enemy and sustain us in temptations that we may always be victorious. Remedy our coldness in our worship of the Lord. Cease not to protect us until you have brought us into paradise where we will praise our good God together for all eternity. Amen. Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network is dedicated to answering the critical need of access to quality, consistent, professional, and proven Catholic programming. We cannot rely on other media outlets to properly represent our church. Catholic Radio reaches Catholics, non-Catholic Christians, and non-believers alike. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent of your diocese, our apostolate is listener-supported. What you're offering and giving to me, you deserve to get back because you're offering more than I can give. I learned so much through the station on the cross. I listen to the radio station daily and I absolutely love it. I was attending the chapel and places like that and through your programs I was able to find out how other Protestants had come back into the Catholic Church. God bless the station of the cross. Donate today at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSight News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, this is she, I am she, and we are live, and I'm thrilled to be with you. And we have um, 10 more minutes, and our lines are open, and you're absolutely welcome to call in. And Jeff, you patient soul, you've been on the line. Hi, how are you? God bless you, Mother. I'm fine. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Go ahead, sweetheart. So first let me say I really enjoyed your talk 
uh, this past weekend. Um, oh, you were there. How uplifting nice. to it. I was. Thank it you. was quite uplifting. Um, my wife loves you dearly. And today is my birthday, so as my birthday present, I thought I was going to call Mother Miriam. Happy birthday to you, Jeff. Everybody say a prayer for Jeff for his next 50 years. Go ahead. So, I came to uh, the traditional mass late in life, Mother. And uh, Jeff, are you driving? First, I am. I'm sorry. Okay, I cannot talk with you while you're driving. Are you in any kind of position to pull okay. off the road? I am, Mother. Let me know I'll when you're the stopped. Next exit. How's that? Okay. Okay. Okay, and I'm going to ask everybody from now on who calls in, do not call in while you're driving. I do not want to be responsible for an accident for you. So, no, no, no. Oh, I know how good hands, a driver you are. This is all hands-free, Mother. I understand, but I still don't want to do that while anyone's driving. I'm kind of I an old-fashioned thing. Okay, so anybody who calls in, if you're driving, pull off the side of the road and then call in. Or the side of something. So you're on the freeway, Jeff, huh? I am heading to Tucson to visit my father. Okay, good. All right. There. Okay, I'm now off. Cl- I'm off now, Mother. Okay, good. Bless you, Jeff. Okay, go ahead and ask your question, oh. sweetheart. So I came to traditional mass uh, late in life. Me too. And well, at first. You couldn't even have convinced me that that was a Catholic service. I had no idea what I was seeing, what I was witnessing. And then when I contrast that now to the Novus Ordo, I'm just, again, if you didn't know, you would think there were two different religions. And I'm wondering what your thoughts are are attending either one. And I know what your preference would be, but are we safe as Catholics, obviously, attending Novus Ordo and observing? Yes, it's valid. Of course you're safe. It's valid. But it's interesting that you say it looks like two different religions. Um, It's certainly two different presentations of the same religion, and one being um, more fully, um, how do I say, adhered to the true faith. That's the Latin Mass. And one that has been truncated and the language lowered, and the prayers removed, some of them, and the reverence um, very much gone in many places. So uh, the difference is huge. And Jeff, if you continue to go to the Novus Ordo, you're fine. You're in good standing with God. It's, it's valid. It's, it's all right. But I, I only wish you would get to know the Latin Mass and see a depth of beauty. I, I've, been, I've heard from priests who've been celebrating Novus Ordo all their life. And then they learn the Latin Mass, and the priest, a priest on our own board, a Monsignor, who's beautiful, he said, it changed my entire life. I'll never celebrate the Novus Ordo again. It's changed my entire life. The depth of beauty and understanding. He had been celebrating the Mass all his life, and this changed his life forever. So to continue to go to the Novus Ordo, that's fine. But I would, I would wish you would get a book or listen to a tape by Bishop Fulton Sheen 
on the on the Trident, Tridentine Mass. I had that tape in a, it was a cassette at the time. It for every night before I went to bed, looking into the church, which was almost a five year journey. I had Bishop uh, Fulton Sheen's tape on the Tridentine Mass, narrating it, teaching it, explaining it, because I couldn't make heads or tail of it and of anything, in my ear every night before I went to bed. And then I came into the church, and I didn't know tradi- traditional from Novus Ordo. And I went to the Mass, and it was Novus Ordo. I was received in Novus Ordo, and I said, what happened? This isn't what I've been listening to for a year. What happened? And there are wonderful holy priests who celebrate a wonderful Novus Ordo. Well, it depends upon how you use the word wonderful. If it's ad orientum, it's more reverent, it's better. And there are other things. Uh, to truly celebrate the Mass of Paul the Sixth, Jeff, would be great. Because it would be ad orientum. The Latin would be kept in. The reverence would be there, and it would be a lot, a lot better than what's celebrated today, which is much worse than when it began in Vatican II. So I would only want to urge you to get a good book, Bishop Fulton's tape, or a good book on the traditional Mass that really, maybe an old one, pre-Vatican II one or something, that really, really explains it so you can see... Um, the depth of, of beauty and reverence. But if you continue the Novus Order, you're fine. And, and as I go along, I am learning uh, where I'm at in the stages of the Mass and the traditional. But uh, so my other question, Mother, was I, I'm a little concerned with the way they let what they're calling Eucharistic ministers uh, handle the Eucharist. Well, there's another point, Jeff. No one but the consecrated hands of a priest, not even a deacon, should touch that Eucharist. No one. Again, not even a deacon. Only the consecrated hands of a priest. And through the Novus Ordo, so-called Eucharistic ministers, which is a shortcut for, um, uh, uh, what is it, uh, ministers... Uh, of the Holy Eucharist, Extraordinary Ministers of the Holy Eucharist, that's the title, um, for extraordinary purposes, not to be scheduled every week. Extraordinary, for extraordinary purposes. Not when there's a lot of people. Maybe the priest can't be there, maybe he's sick, I don't know what. But extraordinary means. And lay people should not touch it. And no one should hand out uh, the Eucharist without a patent under it to catch many, many, many pieces that drop on the floor and people wind up walking on Jesus. It's a great travesty. And such um, desecration you will never find in the Latin Mass. I appreciate your insights, Mother. God bless. I love you. I love you too, Jeff. Thank you, sweetheart. Thanks so much for calling in. Um let me see now. We're just about at the end, beloved. Um, I will see uh, if I can get my talk out and give half tomorrow the talk I gave at the conference and half, let's see, tomorrow is Thursday, half on Thursday, half on Friday. Let me see if I can, if I can do that. 
it is really, uh, the author of my talk is Dr. Peter Kwasniewski, because it's mostly quoted from his book on true obedience with very little else. But again, I, I've uh, picked uh, from that book based on the theme um, of the conference, Defending Our Faith. So um, God bless you, beloved. I hear the music for our, our closing music. And God willing, we will be with you tomorrow. Live the faith with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and do not keep it from your neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself. You have the fullness of truth. Don't keep it from them. God bless you. Speak to you tomorrow.